0: Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Today is actually day 21 of our red letter challenge, and as I was reading this week, it reminded me of a story Um, I was hiking with some friends in Hong Kong, Uh, given I was the only one that's the unfittest. They were all running 21 kilometers a week, um, and I barely walked that a week. So um, we were up at at the break of dawn, to the mountain, up and down. We hiked about 15 kilometers, so that's about nine miles for our U.S. family. And um, we ran over three beaches, and then we got to this staircase. It was almost like the staircase to heaven. Who's been to the staircase to heaven here in, in Taiwan? The staircase that goes into, into the sky. Anyway, it was like that. And um, the athletes, they ran up the stairs and they left poor me alone. And I started my track and, and halfway through I, I could feel my legs. Or I can't feel my legs. They were like jelly. And and I turned around and I pray to God. I was like, God... Um, if if you can, can you transport me like you transported Philip at that time in the Bible? Please, I can't do this. And uh, God said in still small voice, he said, look down at the stairs that you've come up. You don't have to do those stairs anymore. Now press on and, and go home. Um, that was my only choice, really, because the long way back was another 15 Ks to the same spot. So my only choice was up. And I want to encourage you this week as well. We're over the hump. We're over halfway through. If you need to catch up, do that. If you are reading every day, do that as well. But I want to encourage you keep on and jail, like finish strong. <laughs> finish strong with this. So, the first week, we learned how to be with Jesus. The second week, we learned how to forgive and receive forgiveness. And now, this week, we learn about serving. And I want to tell you a story about how I learned how to serve. Uh, It was in 2014, the winter of 2014. I was in the middle of my ministry school and uh, I got a phone call from my mom the Saturday night around 10 o'clock and she said, your brother is is very sick. You need to go to the hospital. And um, he was at a hospital quite close to me so I could go. And the doctors told us he developed pancreatitis and, um, that, that meant that his body can't process sugar. So his blood sugar levels were sky high, close to having a diabetic coma or even dying as well. And on top of that, he had, pan- uh, he had um, gallstones. So you know that's very painful. And um, for two weeks, he was in intensive care. Couldn't remember much because he was so sedated. He couldn't eat anything. In fact, he had to lose 20 kgs, 20 kilograms. In order for them to do the operation so each day um, during those two weeks i had to ask my ministry school like can you can you give me some leeway here with my classes and they said you have space to go you don't have to come to class anymore but you need to keep up with your academic work and also you're serving at church and i said i'll take it so every day in the mornings and at at night i went to him in the mornings i had to walk to him about two kilometers because all my friends were in class and I didn't have a car. I was was a poor student at that time. And every night I was lucky enough for somebody to take me to him. But it was a stressful time for all of us because he was on the verge of dying. We didn't know if he'll make it through those two weeks. He was mostly unconscious and yeah, we didn't know where he was. So let's skip ahead to my brother. So his name is Devet, to give you a little bit of context. And there's 11 years difference between us. Can you tell? <laughs> Which one am I? Can you, can you also tell? Age has been good to me, is not it? So, for two weeks, I visited him every single day. And I think it wasn't God's design that I had to walk to him every day. Because in those walks, I spoke to God. It was just me and God on the road. And I spoke to God and I said, why is this happening? Why is he, he's 35, why is he on the cusp of survival? Why in the, the busiest time of my year do I need to give up everything and go to him? Why at that time am I the only family member in that city that could go to him? I had family in Hong Kong, I had family in other towns hours away. And... It's during those walks and time with my brother that I realized that God had a purpose in that. Where he said, previously, you lived quite independent and you could fix things by yourself. Now, you need to be a servant to your brother. So every day, I would I would go to him. Um, I would have to wipe his face, wipe other things of his body. Um, and... I had to pray for him because he couldn't talk back to me. And I asked him afterwards, luckily um, I could, do you remember everything or anything from that two weeks? And he said, I couldn't remember anything. And luckily, yeah, luckily he survived. He came through the two weeks, they removed the gallstones, and now he's following a healthier diet. Um, He's pre diabetic, so he needs to check his blood sugar levels quite often. But he pulled through, and God is to thanks for that. Um, So my takeaway points for this is God is with you in the darkest and the most questionable times of your life, or most confusing times of your life, where during those times where I was walking, I didn't know what was happening, but I knew I had to go. I knew I had to go serve my brother. And thankfully, God made a way He did in in the wilderness. He made a way for me to put things aside and go serve the one that I love. I had nothing to give him. I couldn't pay his bills. I was a poor student. All I had to give him was my time, my prayers, and the love of Christ. So, flash forward to 2019. He's alive and well. This is at my wedding. He was my best man. And um, God is good. Can we give... Amen, yeah. Let's pray. Yes, thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, thank you that we can learn more about your word and, and peel back the pages of your word and see all the intricacies of the message that you have for us, Lord. That it's not just a simple book to read, There are gems in there, Lord. Lord, thank you for this red-letter challenge where we are clear in your hands, Lord, that we can be with you, we can ask for forgiveness, and we can serve. Lord, be with us today, let your Holy Spirit minister to us, and let the words that come out of my mouth be a seed to the ears in this room and online as well. Lord, change us today. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you have your Bibles ready, you can go to John 13 and follow from there. From verse 1 to verse 17. I have only put up the red letters that Jesus spoke on this. So, if you want to follow on that in your Bibles, you are very welcome. So, here we we read about Jesus, and he's having a dinner with his disciples. And we read it's a quite an important dinner. Um, if you look at the time of when it's happening, it was, it was the night before Jesus got arrested. And um, as you read further on, and like Bruce, Master Bruce um, said with communion as well, Jesus shared a message with his disciples of his blood and his flesh. And then later on we read Jesus would pray for his disciples as well. But here in John 13, we read about a supper. So I'll read from verse 1, if you can follow on your Bibles as well. So it was the night before Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to his father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The, The evening meal was in process. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took, up, took off his outer clothing or his garment, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and then began to wash his disciples' feet and drying them the towel that was wrapped around him. So he came to Peter, and Peter said, well, are you going to wash my feet? Am I not supposed to wash your feet? And then Jesus said, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter's like, no, 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 there must be a problem here. You can't wash my feet. So Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet, or wash you, you have no part of me. Then Peter changed his mind said, well, if that's the case, wash everything of me. Wash my head, wash my hands. And then Jesus said, those who have a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not everyone is clean. Because Jesus knew who would betray him that night as well. Verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he had put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, You call me teacher and Lord. There we go. And rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. That's a big if. There's a difference between knowing things and implying it as well. So a little bit of context here. Let's go back to that. We know it was the night before Jesus' arrest, and we know that... They were getting ready for a dinner. But then in John, we don't read about what Luke saw. Luke saw that they were having an argument. And they were arguing about who's the greatest among us in the kingdom. And with that, they weren't really paying attention to, oh, we're having dinner. The custom is we need to wash our feet because we aren't sitting at a table. We're reclining. So that means your feet are next to somebody else's face. Have you ever eaten like that? Would you eat like that? Somebody's stinky feet next to your face? Quite appetizing, right? So Jesus was facing the most intense and painful period of his time on earth, and this is how his disciples act. It must be detrimental to Jesus. But then Jesus says in his in his riches of love, he will serve them. So they, they found it strange that Jesus got up, his te- he's their teacher, he's above them, and he started washing their feet, 24 feet in total. So they found it quite strange like, whoa, you are our teacher, but you are doing this thing that a servant should do um, as a custom. What does this mean for us? So Jesus washed all 12's feet, 24 feet in total. And he had his towel around him, and as he washed their feet, he would dry their their feet, and the dirt would be on the the towel. But then afterwards, he took off the towel. Serving for us is not always pretty. It's not comfortable. In in fact, we have to get out of our comfort zones, out of our neat and tidy, and sometimes have to get dirty to get to somebody's needs and help them and, and serve them as well. One thing that I didn't notice at all was Jesus washed Peter and Judas' feet. So knowing that they would betray him, deny him, sell him out, he still did that. And in your mind, think about this was the night before Jesus knew he, he was to be arrested. It's stressful. And what what is the human... Response to that. What would, what would I do? I would definitely not wash their feet. I would tell them, get away from me. But Jesus says, wash your feet. And then when the time came, he told Judas, go and do what you need to do quickly. What we can learn from this is Jesus served everybody. He served all, even the ones that disagreed with him, even the ones that caused them harm. And that means that we can also serve the ones that we don't agree with. People that don't look like us. People that don't speak our language. People that don't come to church. Jesus is calling us to go serve them as well. Next thing we can we can notice here is Peter didn't understand what Jesus was doing. They had this interaction of him saying, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. And then oh wash everything so he was thinking either okay this is some mix up with the the hierarchy of of our team of our group because you're not supposed to wash our feet we're supposed to wash your feet and then he thought oh this must be a religious ritual okay then wash everything and then jesus said hold on this this is not it the point here is peter was Peter was willing and open to be corrected. So what I learned from this was in that two weeks of serving my brother and and walking that walk with God I had this inner struggle and I was I was talking with God and thankfully I was willing to be changed in that time. I was willing willing to learn through that experience of Serving as well. Jesus was appealing to Peter's faith. You don't understand this right now, but trust me, you will will understand it later. And later on, eight years on, I could understand. Looking back, I could understand what God was doing in that time as well. If you read in, in Peter's books later on, we could understand and see that he changed. He matured and he understood what Jesus was doing. I wonder if you'd notice that none of the disciples were interested or paying attention to anybody else's needs in that time. While they were arguing and saying, am I more important than you? I can't wash your feet. I'm, I'm, I might be more important than you. Where Jesus then appealed to their needs. So let us forget about our status. Adopt a humble heart and serve a need. A picture about Jesus there if if you look at the if you look at the Old Testament Jesus was a picture of the high priest so once a year the high priest would go into the holies of holy and he would take off his garments and he would be the carrier of sin the lowly carrier of sin as he seeks atonement for the people of Israel in the same case here Jesus took off the the garment took off the apron at the end and even on the cross Jesus was stripped as he carried our sins as well for us. What I took away from this is in that moment of my brother's suffering God was right there with me. He was filling me and making me whole. So I have four points that I can share with you. Um, We Appreciate our volunteers and our servant leaders. And if you have time, I encourage you to go read our church's motto and our our value statement at at the the front there. It says we aim to raise up servant leaders in Christ to go make disciples in Taiwan, China, and the rest of the world. It doesn't say we are aiming to raise up volunteers. And here I'm going to show you, in my perspective, Between my earlier life of volunteering and serving as well. So, in my earlier life, I used to serve a lot at marathons, at public speaking events, at conferences. And for me, it was about getting the t shirt, getting the name tag, getting in that photo, making sure everything was neat and tidy, getting the job done, and going home. A job to be done. I learned. That serving is an attitude of the heart. And I had to approach it that way. It was not a job to be done. And sometimes I had to do above and beyond what was expected to serve other people. As a volunteer, um, I expected the praise would come to me. Time was money. And... uh, for me, that, that created a, a sense of feeling important. In the serving of my brother and subsequently people afterwards, I learned that the praise needs to go to God. The Bible says, let your left hand not know what your right hand does when you serve the poor. And in that same sense, it was not about keeping it secret from other people but having the right heart to know why I was serving. Not for the praise, but for the needs of others. Like I said, it was time sensitive. So I did my two hours of serving, got my T-shirt, waited around until everything was done, and I went home. While serving my brother, I had to be sensitive to his needs. I had to be sensitive to what he needed at that time, whether it be blowing his nose or just sitting with him and and making sure that he's fed and that he's breathing and or his underwear was clean. Sorry, brother. Um, But I had to be sensitive to his needs. And that meant sometimes I could be there half an hour, sometimes I could be there two hours. Uh, But my time had to be open and I had to be sensitive to his needs as well. Last point. As a volunteer, I worked up to a certain level and and, uh, in some organizations, they gave me some leadership roles as uh, a volunteer leader. And I could lead other people as well. And that gave me the sense of superiority. You will do what I say. Um, Go pick up that cup. Go make sure that thing happens. Whereas serving my brother, I had the sense of humility. Like I said, I was a poor student. I didn't have my own car. I was living in student accommodation. Um, My friends were busy during the morning, so I had to walk. But at night, I had to ask people, like, if you wouldn't mind, can you take me to the hospital? That's quite humbling. Um, To give you a little bit of context, I was 25 at that time, and my classmates were 18. So there was a clear age difference, and... I felt like, oh, now I need to ask this younger person for a favor. That was a little bit embarrassing for me, but I got there. That humility will pave the way for your servanthood. Jesus is calling for a humble heart. The motivation behind what you do, the heart behind what you do, is more important about how, oh, let me rephrase it. The motivation about how you do it, the heart you have to do some, something is more important about what you do. If I have a humble heart, a sensitive heart towards your needs, it's much different towards me compared to me doing something spectacular and it doesn't meet your needs. If I'm there just to sit with you, to be quiet, to pray, it could mean more than... A bag full of money or gifts that don't mean anything after all. After all that you have done for me, Jesus, I can't but want to serve you. Let me repeat that again. After all that you have done for me, Jesus, I can't but want to serve you. We have a greater fulfillment in serving others than we do consuming So it would benefit me more to help other people to then just consume things. In fact, Jesus made us to serve. God made us to serve. We are wired to serve. In this picture, we see Jesus serving. And later on, he goes on to serve us in the most amazing way that we could never repay him. He died for us on the cross. We are made in God's image. So we are made to serve. We are wired to serve. Yet our culture and our world we live in leads us to consume, consumerism. In my case, volunteering. It led to feed me instead of feeding other people's needs. Nothing fulfills you more on this side of heaven than serving others, especially for Jesus. So knowing this, you asked me, Armand, what, why should I serve? Why is it important? Well, let me tell you a story. There's a little boy, uh, and his name is Charlie. He's about five, six years old. So he started doing some chores at home, and he starts to understand the value of money. And he got this idea one time. It's like, I can actually make money off of this. So one day he sat down, he wrote a letter to his mom. He said, Mom... Mowing the lawn, $5. Cleaning my room, $5. Emptying the trash can, $5. It's like, at the end, mom, you owe me $15. Later that night, mom went to the table. She picked it up. She's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. She read it. She took out $15, put it down. Next morning, little Charlie goes. um, And his mom subsequently wrote him a letter back as well. And he has reading. And his mom said, oh, Charlie, I got your note. Thank you. Um, For carrying you for nine months, no charge. For staying up all night when you were sick, no charge. For driving you to school and all your sport events, no charge. Signed, mom, total $0. So Charlie took out the $15, put it back, and he went to do his chores. When you understand that mo- what mom did for free, you don't mind serving when mom has a need. When you understand what mom did for free, you don't mind serving when mom has a need. That's a reminder that mom- Mother's Day is next week. So, book the flowers, call your mom, book the restaurant, yeah? When you and I understand what Jesus has done for us at no cost, for free, and for giving us for our sins and granting us eternal life, then our natural response should be gratefulness and a heart to serve His kingdom. We want to serve God because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are adopted into God's kingdom. He is with us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We want to serve God because our service supplies the needs of the Lord's people. Whoever here was at the other end of serving. So you were in a tight spot and you were praying like, Lord, like I really need a hundred dollars or I really need like an extension on this paper or I'm moving next week and I need somebody to help me. Who has been in that position? Only, only one. I was in the, in that position once. Like, I had to move out of my, my apartment, and um, I knew I had to move to the east soon after uh, uh, soon after my uh, graduation. So there was like two or three months in between my lease running out of the apartment and me having to move. And then I was praying that week, and I'm like, "Oh Lord, I don't know what to do. Like, where where am I going to stay for three weeks?" And um, the answer I got back was just, sell everything. I was like, that doesn't answer anything. That doesn't give me, give me a, a good enough answer for that. And I kept on praying, kept on praying. And that whole week, I was like, okay, I need to look for somewhere to stay. And I prayed again. And God said, sell everything. So in that week, I had to sell everything. I had to let go of everything. And I basically was left with my car and two suitcases because that's what I could take with me. And I phoned my brother that Friday. I had to move out on Sunday. I phoned my brother on Friday. This was after his sickness. And I I humbly asked him, like, I've messed up a little bit. Um, I need somewhere to stay. And he said, sure, come stay in my house. I am selling it in a few months, but you're free to come stay. So... I was on the other end of that spectrum of that need where somebody else then could respond to that. He could easily have said, no, I'm selling my house, find somewhere else. But he said, I'm not going to be there. You're on your own basically, but you have the the place. And in your situation, the same thing. You can be on both sides as well. You can be on the receiving side where you are in need, praying see that as God's work as well. As God saying, here, I'm sending somebody to take care of your needs. We want to serve God because it proves our faith and causes others to praise God. Have you ever heard of the stories of people wanting to be with God? I've heard the one story, let me tell it quickly, of this preacher. He goes to a coffee shop and He does his thing there, and he goes out, and God says, go back and invite the guy to church this Sunday. And he goes back reluctantly and says, hey, um, I've got this church that I attend or that I go to, I serve at. Uh, You're welcome to come join us. Uh, We'll have this message here and so And the guy said, oh, no, thank you. I'm an atheist, uh, not interested. And the the guy said, okay, well, I did it. So he left, and Sunday he, he preached his message. And afterwards, this other guy comes to him and says, I want to thank you for putting out the, the invite to come to church today. But, and the preacher says, well, I, I don't know you. I've never s- spoken to you before. And he said, well, you know that coffee shop you were in previously this week? Like I was down fixing uh, electric wire Um, So you couldn't see me. But I heard your message to the other guy. And that stirred me so much that it moved me to come to church today. So thank you. Genuine service cannot be separated from love. We can go through the motions of serving God, but if our hearts are not in it, we are missing the point. If you read in Corinthians 13, where they speak about, You have all these gifts and you can do all these things. But if you do it without love, it does not mean anything. So why is it important for us to serve in every nation, Taipei? You're all here by accident, are you not? Who stumbled on here this morning by accident? No, you're here for a purpose. And from John 13, we know Jesus showed us an example. Jesus said, go serve other people. Go do it. Don't just know it. Go do it. The point is to be so sensitive to God's voice that you know when he says that person is in need. Go help them. It could be in buying somebody a lunch at your office or somebody on the street. It could be helping your grandma mow the lawn. I would encourage you serve your parents, start at home, serve your family, serve your friends, serve here at every nation. This is your training ground for the rest of the world. Be the salt and the light in the rest of the world. You are called to be the difference. When somebody orders a steak and you put a little bit of salt on it and you eat the steak, they don't say, "Wow, this, the salt is amazing. No, they say the steak is amazing. Have you ever had food without salt? Is that a good taste in your mouth? No. But you don't eat the meal just for the salt. So, your homework for this week. I'm paraphrasing here, but follow with me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you carried me. I was in prison and you visited me. I was in financial trouble and you were generous with me. My feet were dirty, and you washed it. I was new at church. Anybody new at church? I was new at church, and you welcomed me by taking me for lunch. Hint, hint. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for serving us and for teaching us how to serve and what the importance behind serving is lord help us to one day stand before you and and hear you are my good and faithful servant that we did everything that you put in front of us we we served all the people's needs that you put in our in our spheres lord help us to take this red letter challenge this week and put it into action we don't just have the knowledge on a shelf but that we can actually put it into action. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at EveryNationTaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.